The film basement is filmed in sunny West Hartford, Connecticut, in front of a live studio audience. Welcome to the Filmmaker's Basement, where we are constantly making mistakes that cost us bits. I'm Brandon Gasparino. <laughs> and I'm Andrew. And we're here presenting some of the movies we saw this week, and unfortunately not some of the games that we did this week. So that uh, little bit at the beginning was a reference to the fact that I forgot to... Uh, hide the answers to pilot wings for Andrew. So for those who don't know, um, we have a Google Doc where I put down a lot of information for the show we're about to shoot. And as part of that, I put down the pilot wing segment, which is just the log line, and then I have the answer to, like, which is the fake one and all that, underneath them, whited out. Um, and I forgot to do that last part. <laughs> so Andrew went to the document well, and I accidentally saw so it. I saw the, I saw all the answers. Oh, man. So maybe I'll have to save that one for another week, but no pilot wings this week, which is unfortunate because that was a good one. I was so excited for this one. <laughs> oh, well, but moving on. So this week I went out and I saw Mayday, which is a movie I ended up talking about a lot last week. But for those who don't know, uh, Mayday follows a young woman who is transported to another world where a never ending war is raging. There, a clutch of women lure men to their deaths at sea via radio transmissions, like 20th century sirens. Soon she realizes she's not the killer they want her to be. So, I do think, looking back on it after seeing the movie, the movie is actually really aptly named. Because it's essentially following women who are victims of abuse, and how they are dealing with those, like, dealing with the abuse they suffered through. And we never really see, like what it is that like they were going with there's like little hints here and there but we do get kind of an idea for how they ended up here and that's when you kind of realize oh wait a second all these women are dead as a result of either their abuse or Ooh, taking spoilers. their own life due to the abuse it's not it's like in the first oh. like 20 minutes like they actually get uh, to this oh. pretty quickly yeah oh, okay the spoilers are for what comes later on in the movie which is just like wild to an extent but as an example, like, we get some ideas. So Marsha is, like, she's the blonde chick from the trailer. Um, she's not the main character, but she's kind of, like, really friendly with the main character. She has this type A, like, go get him, let's kill all men personality to her. And we get the context that, like, her husband was a deadbeat, and then he never he was never really around for her. So that's why she's here. We have some ideas that, like, another character named Gertrude, she ended up shooting herself from how horrible her situation was. And we know from the main character that she was dealing with a very abusive relationship with the head waiter at this waiting company she worked for. And as a result, she ended up taking her own life by literally walking into an oven. So that's what we're kind of following there. And that's kind of why it's called Mayday. And again, it also is pretty apt because it's why it's part of what they're doing in this movie. Like I said, when I was talking earlier about like the premise, like they lure in men who are fighting in this like war that's never really talked about they lure them in with mayday calls because you're more likely to respond to a mayday call if there's a woman on the other end who they think is helpless and they can go and save and they lure them into a storm where they inevitably die and we see this replay a lot over and over again we also see this take the form of them killing men on the island who like ended up either parachuting there or found their own way there it ends up being like kind of this revenge tale for these women who aren't like they were never able to get their um, justice in life, so in death they get to finally get their revenge. And it's also a way for them to get back at all the people who like ignored them for their messages of help, trying to get out to other people. 
and be like, hey, like, I need help. Like, a lot of people in abusive situations are in. And just never being able to receive that help. Now, that's great and all. Unfortunately, I think the movie falls kind of flat trying to get that message out of there. And to, it, I will say, before going, I go into this, it does a great job overall. Like, I think it, there's a well-made movie in here somewhere. Unfortunately, it just feels too heavy-handed at the end of the day. Like, it really capitalizes on the we-hate-all-men archetype these women and kind of like puts them into that category when that's not entirely what it's about it's trying to focus in on like how to deal with trauma and how we deal with trauma as people and that's kind of where our main character anna comes in she's this person she was came into this afterlife after killing herself and we find out like she's not really up for like killing all men like that's not her vibe she's kind of realizes that she goes on in this movie it's like hey, maybe there's life for me outside of this trauma. Like, my trauma does not define me. I am more than this. I can be better than this, and I can overcome this. And we see her doing that throughout the movie, realizing, like, hey, killing these men isn't making me feel better. There's actually a line, funnily enough, where all the girls, are just they've just gotten back from, like, their own hunting party. They've killed down her abuser who was on the island. And we have, they have this discussion where, like, two of the people are mentioning, like, yeah, like, we don't really remember, like, our lives before coming here. We just remember this as kind of, like, an example of them only really remembering their trauma and having it define them. Whereas Anna's, like, I'm slowly starting to remember the life I had before this, and I think there's more to me than just this. Not to say that this isn't bad, but this is something that I can work towards bettering myself for. But again, it's just, there's so much man hate in this movie that it gets, that kind of message gets overshadowed and it ends up just, just falling flat overall. I, I it was, it was frustrating because I really wanted to like, I really wanted to like this concept, but it's just, it's just kind of not there. There's other things too that kind of play into this because they mentioned that on this island, like there's a lot of other women, like who are also dealing with these same things. Like this is where these women go to when they die. However, we only really meet four other people on the island. So it's like, oh, it kind of feels more personal, which isn't a bad thing. But, like, if you're trying to make a movie about, like, how abuse can, like, affect a wide variety of people, it feels just, like, it feels way too small, if that makes sense. I should also mention, too, this is an important note for going back a little bit. The men they're killing, like, all this time, they are the abusers. They're a, re a representation of those people who abuse them in their real life. Like, for instance, we see... The, they're the actual... Like, they're the actors. Yes, they're they're a, a representation of the of the character. Yes, it's but it, it, But it's played by the same person. Yeah, except they're, you can okay. tell they're not the same. Like, they never talk is, like, a big example of that. Like, right. they never really recognize... They, they feel primal in a way, if that makes sense. Um, and we see, like, for instance, um, the main character's guy stalks her a bunch of the movie until they end up killing him um we see another of the characters like who was a deadbeat husband she, one of the other characters ends up killing him these people keep coming back over and over again i will say another thing i did like about the movie though is how aesthetically pleasing it is i haven't written the document it felt like a cottagecore Fortnite vibe if that made oh sense my God. which is actually really cool because a lot of the main setting takes place in this like what's the way of putting it it's like this 
it's a war. It's not a specific war, it's a war, but it feels very World War II vibe. Like, all the women are wearing, like, typical clothes you'd see in, like, world, from people during yeah. that time period. And looking at the set photos from, like, IMDb, you, know, you mm-hmm. definitely get the vibe, especially when they're, like, shooting the rifles and the pistols, you definitely yeah. get that vibe of, like, a World War II style of rifle or, or uh a luger for uh, for a pistol yeah and it's a good vibe i really like it especially with the clothes that they're wearing too like it there's something weird about it that matches up really well and additionally the setting is like immaculate for that too like they spend a lot of their time in like this old rusty submarine that's been beached on land and it's a really good set piece like it really like it really feels like it's in a part of this like tiny self-contained world which is cool i, I like that overall but i I just think there's a lot of potential here that was unfortunately wasted. And I th- I think as a result, I don't think I could recommend people seeing this movie. So I saw a movie that more people probably went and saw this week. I, um, and it's funny because I, I was talking with, because uh, I'm in school right now, and I, I've been talking with my classmates, and they all found out that I do podcasts. I do two hey. of them. And um, I was talking with them about it, and I was like, you know, it's funny because like the um, the the four or five episodes that we've done for this movie podcast i'm the one that usually goes and sees the blockbuster style movie and like he goes and sees the weird (laughs) obscure movie that not a lot of people might have seen which is a good it's a good it's a good like uh i just want to say one thing i cannot uh, wait to talk about the movie i'm gonna see next week because this is the most obscure thing i've ever heard of (laughs) Well, there we go but i was like the I, I told him i was like the only movie i think i know that he's gonna see that a lot of people are also gonna see is dune like i'm gonna yes! let him go see dune. you you can go talk about dune i'll go watch the obscure movie that week yes uh so we still have that good kind of flow yeah um but i went and saw venom let there be carnage um because i'm a big marvel guy uh the first venom movie was very good uh this movie was okay um i don't have you watched it yet i have not seen it so i'm very interested to hear so i'm not gonna spoil it because obviously like um you know it's marvel you know they could have some you know some big stuff in it and it's you know and um you know obviously like they're gonna like put some some stuff out in the into the movie that like it's gonna be like it's gonna blow your mind and in this movie, it was like, so did you see the first movie? I have not, but I've seen enough podcasts okay. kind of panning it. that I think so I know the gist. The first movie is all about uh, Eddie Brock. He's down on his luck. He gets this story that he's going to write about. Um, and he gets infected by the, uh, the <laughs> I mean, in the first movie it pissed me off completely because they kept calling it uh uh symbiote uh which no it's a symbiote uh so he gets infected by the symbiote uh venom and you know obviously everyone knows who venom is you know he he goes from human and venom comes out and he's a big you know sticky monster that eats people with big sharp teeth and the whole movie is about how the first one uh is about how he's got to get used to venom and how like they have to like coincide because venom was always put into a host and that host would not survive because they weren't a good match. So in this movie, 
it took a completely different turn and it's all about how they can't live without each other because the him and venom get into a fight and at so, at one point in the movie venom just leaves and eddie brock is without venom again so he's venomless and he's and so like and venom is hopping from host to host obviously they keep dying um and is basically like trying to find a new host to you know appreciate him more and he can't find one obviously and then by the end of the movie they get back together and face off against carnage uh and then the sub that's kind of like the sub story uh the story uh on the side of the main story the main story is obviously all about uh cletus cassie and carnage and boy does woody harrelson does a great cletus cassidy like when we saw him at the end of the first venom because you you do see him at the end of the first venom movie uh woody harrelson as cletus cassidy and i was kind of like oh this might be a really good casting we'll have to see what it is in the sequel and sure enough like he does a great job as this psychopath serial killer uh turned into giant red monster um you obviously you get it from the trailers uh cletus cassidy bites eddie brock at some point and his blood gets into his mouth and that's how kind of carnage is born uh so carnage he's he's on death row he's about to get injected with the you know the you know stuff to kill you and and carnage comes out and carnage basically saves the day and they go on like a revenge spree uh to try to kill uh eddie brock and venom while also trying to save uh cletus cassidy's girlfriend from when he was a younger child or, or a teenager uh so it's kind of a very com it's there's a lot packed into a very short movie because like i said last week it's only 90 minutes it's only a 90 minute movie and there's a lot of stuff kind of crammed into it. And I wish it was like an extra 10, 20 minutes longer so that we could see more of this stuff drawn out a little bit more. Um, so but, on, on that note, I haven't, cause you did, you said another like 10 to 20 minutes longer. Do you think that would have been enough to cover all that ground or like, what else would you have liked to see? From I mean, this movie? I would have liked to see more of, Cause like so the carnage venom story it it goes forever like it goes on and on and on and on and i would like to have seen more in the term in the way of like uh carnage and venom going up against each other because they only go up against each other once in the whole movie um and i kind of would have liked to seen like something that was like they went up against each other and then like venom loses and then at the end they go up against each other again um yeah it's just i don't know it was it was too short it's 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 actually the shortest marvel movie uh that that they've made so far uh but everyone does a great job in the movie so you got tom hardy who obviously plays eddie brock woody harrelson who plays cletus cassidy uh, Michelle Williams comes back. Uh, Naomi Harris, who plays uh, Cletus Cassidy's girlfriend uh, and fiance, uh, she is the same actress who plays um, Diadoma in Pirates of the Caribbean, the witch lady. 
Um, and then that's pretty much like the main cast. I mean, you get a, uh, you have detective Mulligan who's featured in the comics a lot, uh, in the venom storyline. And he kind of gets a little sneak preview of like what, what might happen with him later. So that was kind of cool. But other than, other than those four, five characters, there's not many other characters in the movie. Like it just kind of focuses all on them and venom obviously because venom venom and carnage are basically their own character so on that topic because you mentioned earlier that there was the subplot between venom and i don't remember what the real the human's name was but they were separate mr brock they were separated Mm -hmm. essentially and venom was trying to find a new host Mm -hmm. maybe this is just me but how is that played because in my head i'm imagining that coming off almost a little comedic to a degree yeah, and it definitely has a comedic style. Uh, I'm I was also a little upset because um the movie got a PG-13 rating and this definitely needed an R rating. Um there are not a lot of Marvel movies that are R and I have a theory of why it was PG-13. Um you'll have to go watch the movie to for us to, you know, discuss that cuz like I said I'm not giving anything away. Um but it got taken down from an R to a PG 13 where movies like Logan and Deadpool for the Marvel side have really done really well with an R rating. Um, and I, and Venom is a very, he's a badass character. Like he's a badass character that kills people. And Carnage is a serial killer who also kills a lot of people. So having it a PG 13 movie kind of took a, it took away from it for me uh, because with that hard R, you could have really done a lot more with like the gore and like the killing and all that other stuff and the, the language and everything. Um, but it definitely has a very comedic style to it because it is a Marvel movie. Marvel movies are very comedic in the way that uh, they are made and they're produced. Um, it's a very like uh, it's a very uh, like a grumpy old men kind of scenario. Of like two people living together and they hate each other, uh, so, and then obviously, like I said, they separate and it's a and it's 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 kind of funny like when they do it like you see it like it's in the trailer so it's not really spoiling anything but um, Venom is 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 outside of because Venom can manifest himself outside of Eddie Brock as like a face just essentially so he manifests himself outside of Eddie Brock and he hits him and he headbutts him in the face and breaks his nose. And he goes, he goes, oh, I'm sorry. I broke your nose. Here, let me fix it. And he fixes it for him. And he said, so I can break it again. And he and he smashes his head again. So it's it's got that very comedic style of, of funniness to it. And then obviously, yeah, they leave. And so obviously Venom can't manifest himself outside of a host. So when he's outside of a host, he's just basically a pile of sludge. Um, and then, you know, when he gets into a different host, he can obviously manifest himself as Venom again. But it... But the entire time that Venom is away from Eddie Brock, it's just all comedy. Like it's just it's 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 Venom oh, trying yes. to it's Venom trying to fit into a world, um, that that like that because he goes to like some party and everyone thinks that it's a costume that he's got on. This this guy's got a costume on and he's just like oh like, and he's he's got all these like. He's got like all these like um glow rings like all over his body like he's covered in like glow sticks and stuff and it's it's just it's 
because he went to a rave like you like and it's you know it's funny and then it also gets a little sad because you know he misses eddie you know the whole dynamic of eddie and venom is funny because venom is trying to help eddie uh be a better person and like there's one point he's making him breakfast and he's just got all this He's he's basically just making everything in the fridge and putting it into like one frying pan, and because he, he doesn't understand, and everything, and he just puts it on the table, and then he has a bottle of ketchup and just sque- like squeezes a ketchup so hard it explodes in Eddie's face, and he's covered in ketchup, and it's 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 funny, it's good, it's a it's a very good, well put together, film. Uh, it was sh- too short. My my only complaints about it it was it's too short, and it did not have uh an r rating uh but the ending for it definitely made up for it the end of the the end of the movie definitely made up for for all of its faults and we will see we will see venom again they left it open it left it open for a like a, a third venom movie so we will we will see venom again at some point let's talk about some of the movies that are coming out this week and i've oh, yeah, got two well, let right, me start ahead. off because I've got two I'm so fascinated for. And there was one that I was originally probably going to see for next week. I don't think that's going to be the movie anymore because I found it in her surfer. So the first movie is Lamb. So a childless couple, Maria and Ingvar, discover a mysterious newborn on their farm in Iceland. The unexpected prospect of family life brings them much joy before ultimately d- destroying them. And what they failed to mention there is that newborn has a lamb head and that looks fantastic. So I've the trailer for it, uh, which I'm probably playing right now, is absolutely immaculate. I just... And the effect looks so good. It looks so weird. I'm just so for this movie. <laughs> and being weird in this kind of way. And I was going to see it until I found this next movie. <laughs> and this next movie is perfection. It's called Mad God. And it follows the assassin through a forbidding world of tortured souls decrepit bunkers and wretched monstrosities forged from the most primordial horrors of the of the subconscious mind this is a stop-motion animation film that apparently was being made back in the 1980s i'm going to look up this dude's name but essentially it ended up being one of those things where it just costed way too much money and he wasn't able to ever finish it so he put it on hold until eventually a bunch of his employees at the company he worked at stumbled across like this project and they were like oh my god this is amazing we need to make this happen and so they started working on it and they launched a kickstarter for it and it releases this year in a bunch of different film festivals phil tippett yes phil tippett and he's responsible for actually a lot of cool visual effects um he did the star wars ad at scene in episode five he did the aliens in, um, oh my god, what is that movie called? The soldier movie with the space, the weird aliens that look like bugs. Uh, Starship, Starship Troopers. Troopers. Yes. He did the, I believe he did the um, alien Jurassic designs Park. for them. Jurassic Park. Famous dude. So you can only imagine the horrifying monstrosities this man can create. And the trailer, <laughs> I don't think I can show it <laughs> because it is a little too gruesome. But it looks just genuinely horrifying and again this whole film is stop motion as this soldier is traversing through a hellscape and again from the trailer this is literally my depiction of hell this is exactly what i imagine hell looking like he has somehow found a way to visualize it in such a perfect way 
I just cannot wait to see this. It looks so amazing. I will say it doesn't have a wide release yet. It is being played in film festivals currently. But if you get the chance, I found out there's this online film festival streaming it um, through a platform called Nightstream. Uh, the URL for that is nightstream.org. Um, it, it, the tickets are 15 bucks a pop. I just it, watch it. It looks so fucking cool. Cool. Well, I guess we're going to continue with the You See the Weird Shit movie and I'll mm -hmm. see the um the box office uh the box office boomer cuz I am definitely going to go see No Time to Die. Yeah. Um because it's the final chapter in uh Daniel Craig's his uh storied career as James Bond. It's his fifth movie that he's done after is it 5? Yeah, uh, Casino Royale, Quantum of Solace, Skyrim, and not Skyrim, <laughs> Skyfall, <laughs> Skyfall, and Spectre, and then he is going to be in. Uh, he's obviously done No Time to Die. They've been portraying it as the epic conclusion uh, to this era of James Bond. Uh, it's got Rami Malek in it, who plays uh, the bad guy. Uh, it has uh, Christoph Waltz is returning as I don't know how, if he's returning for a major role, but he's returning as um, uh, Blowfield from when he was in Spectre. I think he was. In, yeah, he was introduced in Spectre. So we'll see, and we'll see if anyone else like we'll see if someone takes well, someone else takes up the mantle of 007 at the end of the movie, whether it would be um, uh, a female or a person of color or just another white guy. Uh, but you never know. So, uh, or maybe we won't see that this time. Maybe we'll see it um, in the, like the next James Bond whenever it comes out. So, um, Bond has left active service in this movie and is enjoying a tranquil life in Jamaica. His peace is short-lived when his old friend Felix Leitner from the CIA turns up asking for help. The mission to rescue a kidnapped scientist turns out to be far more treacherous than expected, leading Bond onto a, the trail of a mysterious villain armed with a dangerous new technology. That sounds like a so, James Bond movie. <laughs> it is full of gunfire, car chases, and pretty women. Mm-hmm. Uh, typical James Bond. Thank you guys for watching Filmmaker's Basement. Andrew, I think you have something to plug. I think oh, you... I have something to plug every week, but I yes. always forget. So uh, I'll be recording it later tonight, uh, actually in like a couple minutes. Um, but if you want to listen to the Sports and Nonsense podcast, where we will be uh, recapping every single week in the NFL, uh, you can listen to that um, through the same way that you're listening to this audio recording if you're listening to this aud the audio file for this it's either on spotify or castbox fm or itunes podcasts um if you wanted to watch the video version of the podcast it's the same youtube channel uh you're just gonna go to the sports and nonsense um playlist instead of the filmmakers basement playlist um but this podcast that we're doing right now gets put on to my audio link so it's under the same thing so after you're done listening to this one Go listen to Sports and Nonsense after. And this week, I'm going to be plugging Mad God, support your local film festivals, watch this really cool stop-motion movie. And yeah, thank you guys for watching. Uh, we'll see y'all next time. Bye.